0: This is your key to success in the handmade business. Here in the Chat with Crafters podcast, you'll learn from those who have succeeded and taken their business from zero to hero. Now you can level up. Here's your host, Charles Audler. Today we have a special guest, Shannon from Tennessee Sweet Tea and Tennessee Sweet Pea. For full disclosure, Shannon and I have been in a relationship for about three years We have a one-year-old together, and she has a nine-year-old. We have lived over an hour and a half apart since the beginning of our relationship and have been actively trying to get under one roof since. Um, I view Shannon as a superstar mom. Uh, She's managed to create a living from her handmade business, and that has supported her throughout her pregnancy And over the past year of our son's life, uh, for Shannon success is being able to stay at home with the boys and help them learn and grow. Shannon also takes pride in running her businesses and enjoys designing and working with customers. Uh, we tried to keep this interview as professional as possible. And, um, I have to say that I had to edit out some of the sidebars throughout the interview, uh, I did leave in the part where our baby cries and then nurses himself to sleep, and um, you'll even hear him snore a little bit, so I apologize for that. Uh, But I left it in to show that throughout every single day, just like other stay-at-home moms that are trying to make this work, Shannon has to juggle raising the boys and maintaining her business uh, so she can pay the bills. Uh, We hope that you enjoy this interview, and here's Shannon. Shannon.
1: I am a stay-at-home mom with uh, two wonderful boys. They're one and nine, so I have one that's going to be a preteen and one that's going on toddlerhood. You know, my mom first, but then second, I am an entrepreneur, and um, I work for myself at home.
0: Tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Um, well, what I do, you know, is design shirts, you know. I kind of say I embellish them more than because I really don't make them, but um I design shirts for adults and teens. Um, lately in the last year, I've been focusing really on kids, probably more because I have the two kids at home and we're around kids a lot, um, nieces and nephews and friends. Um, so I have two separate businesses, one that focuses on adults and teens and one that focuses on um, kids, you know, 10 and under, babies, toddlers, um, try to introduce new things into the shop and um, basically aprons for teachers, for grandmothers, uh, tote bags for libraries, things that I think that um, um, moms would need. You know, they need something for their mom. They need something for their teacher. So I kind of just kind of incorporate all that into all my businesses. So it's just not shirts.
0: On the kids side, um, what do you do mostly?
1: I do a lot of personalizations. um, So for holidays, birthdays, Um, monograms, but a lot of people want their full name on there. So a lot of customizations with their names, um, first birthday, first Halloween, first Thanksgiving. Um, A a lot of my sales have to do with uh, coming home outfits, uh, newborns, you know, people love to have their fiancés or husbands or moms and dads open something with the onesies that say, you know, so-and-so coming July 2017, you know, grandma's all the best or auntie's all the best. So those are top sellers too, because people are always looking for a way to express that they're pregnant.
0: How did you get started in the handmade business?
1: Well, um, quite by accident, I was going to be taking a family trip and I just wanted, you know, some extra income to kind of pay for the trip because I'm frugal and I just wanted not to touch my money, but to to focus on, okay, whatever I earn is going on our vacation trip, our big vacation. And I um, enjoyed it. I enjoyed designing. I enjoyed one-on-one interactions with the customers. You know, you can't get that really in the corporate world sitting behind a desk. Um, And then I found out that I was pregnant and decided that with two kids and childcare and after-school care and activities that I really decided I wanted to be home. I wanted to be home at 3 o'clock when my son got home. I um, wanted to be here for the baby, um, something I didn't get to do for the first one. Um, So I just put more effort into it, um, which created both businesses um, to be able to stay at home. And there's my little one in the background now. (laughs) So that's just part of it. Baby in hand.
0: <laughs> what were some of your initial challenges?
1: Um, I think at first is I don't consider myself... Well, I think the biggest challenge was I didn't consider myself creative at all. I was going into something that um, I just didn't have a lot of self-confidence on. There's a lot that you have to learn. Um, designing programs, um, staying, you know, what is big out there? What are the trends? What do people want? What what do people like? I think my challenges changed. You know, when I first started, I only had one kid, he was in school. Um, but then when you get two kids into the picture, you have a lot more, more challenging um, things that you have to deal with.
0: And what about, um, some of the tools of the trade? Like you said, you had to learn, um, different design software, uh, what about the actual hardware, the physical stuff?
1: Um, he, well, there's a lot of uh, machines. You know, you got cutters and you got heat presses. And a lot of people, and I am one of those who at the beginning thought, oh, I'm not going to invest in all this stuff. I'm just going to use my iron and press as hard as I can and get it as hot as I can. You you shortly find out that that doesn't work. Um, you uh, want the best for your customers. You have to invest in a cutting machine you have to invest in a good computer you have to invest in a heat press if you don't have those those tools you're just putting out cheap products um you have to invest in good clothing and i had to take a look at a couple of different wholesalers um order a bunch of you know different onesies different tops different shirts and over time find out what would i wear what is comfortable what is going to hold up um i don't believe in doing doing a product on a cheap t-shirt that's going to shrink or um shirts that aren't um true to measurements um even when you come to something like vinyl uh there's cheap vinyl out there and there's stuff that's going to last you wash after wash year after year and then um when i started doing ink press um i started off doing it just with transfer paper and yeah it was nice but it it's not professional. So then again, you have to take, you know, hundreds of dollars and invest in uh, a machine. uh, They call it, I have a chroma blast machine, a sublimation machine that is actually going to print. um, Just like you would find in the store, just like uh, say screen printing or something.
0: Do you think you'll ever uh, do actual screen printing or?
1: Um, I actually have screen printing materials. Um, I just haven't sat down and, um, of work with that i mean that's gonna that takes templates and with me um different sizes and everything you know i do different you know so many different sizes you would have to have so many different templates but um i do have a screen printing machine sitting in the closet just ready for me to take advantage of that
0: when did you transition to focusing on the business full-time
1: um when this little critter um was born. Um, before he was born, I just, as I said, I just decided that um, at a corporate job wasn't very fulfilling. Um, I was always late because, of, say, the bus for my older kid, and um, trying to you know get home enough to pick him up, and then dinner, and then homework. And you know, as he advances in school, the the subjects get harder for him, so it takes more time to be with him. And I just felt like we didn't really communicate as a family i felt like all we were doing is going to school going to work coming home bath feed homework bed there wasn't any us time and so i really wanted um i really wanted that for my kids so i just kind of looked at the cost of daycare the cost of aftercare the cost of camps the cost of gas the cost of food everything that goes into working um and it's not just the cost, it's the stress. I used to stress out, oh, the bus is late. That means I'm going to be late, which means I'm going to get written up for something that I really can't control. I'm not going to leave a third grader out at a bus stop you know, by themselves. So when I weighed all that, um, I looked at, at how much I would actually be bringing home. And when I saw the, the very little amount that I would actually be bringing home after all that and add in the stress and the time that I wouldn't have with my two boys, um, it was a no-brainer. It's a struggle, but it was a no-brainer.
0: So what kind of struggles do you face having a one-year-old and a nine-year-old?
1: Well, um, during the summer, it's a little bit different, but um, as the baby's getting more active, you know, he um, he is very, you know, want, wants hands-on because he is at home with me um, he wants me to play, and he wants me to do things. And I'm a natural teacher. I used to be a preschool teacher and a director of a preschool. So my instincts is to also sit down with my kid and teach him what a ball is, and teach him sounds and numbers and stuff. So I spend a lot of time with him. And then um, I think the challenge is is managing your time. And you know, it's easy to say, okay, let's set a schedule, which we did with my two kids this summer, Uh, but life gets in the way. You don't know, you know, this one's up at 930 at night Um, or they wake up later or, you know, they go to a friend's house and that puts the schedule a little bit different. So I think the challenge is finding your, you're still trying to find your life balance, what they always talk about in the corporate world, um, your work-life balance, Uh, but this time you're in charge of it instead of somebody else.
0: Now, how do you keep up with running a business and keeping up with the home life?
1: Lots of caffeine. <laughs> um, it's not easy. Our, you know, our house is a wreck, and I just try to use every second that I have um, to do something. When the boys are sleeping, um, when the youngest one is taking a nap, I'm working at night. When they're asleep, I'm working. Um, I... You know, if I need 15 minutes to work on some orders or something, I have my youngest, I mean, my oldest watch my youngest. Um, You just kind of use every second. You know, I use my phone a lot um, rather than being on my laptop. So um, I do a lot of sales through Etsy. So I'm constantly using my phone to answer emails during the day when I can't be sitting in my home office or doing marketing on Instagram or marketing through Facebook. So, you know, any five or 10 minutes that I have, I can, even though I always have my phone with me, it is still, I'm working, um, doing that. Um, as he gets older, um, I think that, you know, when your toddlers get three or four years old, a, a Mother's Day out would probably be best so that I know, hey, I had these five hours on Tuesday to do something. Um, but I try to have the boys in bed by eight thirty, So I have some time at night to work as much as I can.
0: And what about, um, your postal worker? I mean, they're all, they're coming around at a certain schedule, right? So
1: yes. And my postal, um, my postal person's name is Miss Jamie and she is absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, I kind of know what time they're going to get here. And so most of my work has to be done in the morning or late at night. So it's ready to go out the door. Um, Even bought one of those bigger mailboxes to make sure I could put more packages in. Um, But um, she's always picked up my packages. Uh, She'll bring stuff to my door. I hear horrible stories about United States Postal Service. And I have to say that I have. She really works with me because we always have deliveries at our house because, you know, I'm delivering shirts and onesies and aprons and, you know ink in anything you know for the shop uh things that i want to try um in our postal office she's really good so i do everything from home i print every i don't have to go anywhere i don't have to stand in line i don't have to take the kids out i print everything from home i set it outside and she picks it up
0: that works out really good it
1: does now if you have like tons and tons of boxes you can call ahead a time so they know um but um I have a really good communication with my postal worker, so I know that, okay, I know she can take two or three boxes for me or bags for, you know, 10 bags for me, but if I have, like, huge boxes, then I just let her know the day before. I'll say, hey, tomorrow, I'm going to have a lot of boxes either being delivered or going out, and um, she's just, I think the line of communication is important because they're working kind of, you know, with you to make sure your customers get what they need.
0: Right. Now, I understand you're still breastfeeding your (laughs) one-year-old.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And um, how does that work out with, um, you know, how often is he feeding? And, you know, it seems like you have a lot of different schedules that you have to manage throughout the day.
1: I do. Um, Luckily, he um, only nurses at night now. Um, But that means I'm up every three hours at night. I think my body's just gotten used to it. Um, but it does take a toll on you. There are days when I just can't I just can't do anymore. I think those are the days that I have to say today I have to rest. When he naps, I have to nap. Um, there are days when i i if I plan ahead, if I know, okay, I have twenty orders to get out the door. I'm gonna stay up tonight and get them done because he's gonna be up anyways. Then I know the next day they're out the door and I can nap when he naps. So I just kind of have to adjust um, to what is in what is what what my orders are. You know, what what does work call for me? And that's for any work. You know, if you know you have big meetings in the morning, then you have to stay up and get prepared for them, you know, or prepare. If you have an exam at school, you want to prepare for it days in advance. so You're not crunching that morning. Um, So I think that, yes, my schedule does change from day to day, and um, it would be nice to have a set schedule, and hopefully in the future we have more of a set schedule. Um, I think we have more of a routine in place than anything. Um, I try not to work when I'm exhausted because I've learned when you do work, when you're completely exhausted, you make a lot of mistakes. And um, I've had to learn the hard way that – there's a time when you got to say, I just can't, I just got to take a break and rest and then sleep until one o'clock in the morning and get up and finish stuff or just sleep at night and work in the morning. So when he was little, it was easier because you have a pack and play. They sleep a lot, (laughs) Uh, but they don't sleep a lot during the day when they're one.
0: Yeah. Sounds like he's sleeping right now. He is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're an avid Excel spreadsheet user Um, your previous job, you had to use Excel a lot, and you kind of took some of those habits over to your handmade business. Um, What kind of stuff do you track in Excel?
1: I track everything because I want to know the bottom line. I'm one of those people who want to know if I'm missing two cents in my bank account, I want to know where those two cents went. Um, A lot of people that sell on Shopify, Etsy, anywhere, look at their Sales And they go, I sold 10 items at $10 a piece. I made a hundred dollars, but that's not true. And I think that, um, I think people just don't realize how much they're actually making. And so I've created something that I can, every month I go in and I put how much, you know, how many sales I made because Etsy takes so, you know, 20 cents for every sale that you make. So you got to factor that in. I track um, how many sales, how much I sold. And then when I started out, I knew that my material cost was an average 25% of of something. So a t-shirt with vinyl was about 25% of my sale. Um, Now that I do different things like bags and aprons and anything really that I can um, press, it's a little bit harder, but so I keep it in an average of 25%. So that gives me an idea. So takes everything out. Take the transactions that Etsy uses, the Etsy fee, the $0.20 cent listing fee per a sale, um, the 25% estimated cost of vinyl. When you take that, I mean vinyl and shirts and everything, when you take that all off, then you get your profit. But it's not until you take all those fees out. If you have promotions going on, you know, you're promoting on Etsy, promoting on Instagram, promoting on Facebook, um, maybe maybe local, maybe you're going to um, a craft fair where you paid for a booth. So that's marketing, um, business cards, anything. You've got to take that money out of your monthly, what says how much you made or you're not getting a cost of it. So my Excel sheet really breaks it down. And when you when you look at it and you go, oh, I made $1,000 this month, you you really didn't. You And you got your 18% taxes that the government takes if you're doing it the real way.
0: You track so many different things, um, but you've also tracked advertising expense to see what cost is and how much you get back. And you found that for Etsy, for instance, at least for your business, That advertising wasn't paying off and it was only because you were tracking. Is that correct?
1: I've done Instagram, I've done Facebook, and I've done Etsy promoting. And I first started out with Etsy promoting and I didn't see that the cost that I was spending, and I may only sell one shirt, it just didn't even out. Um, So I've turned that off and I started learning about Facebook marketing and how to really target your marketing through Facebook Insights, um, which is. Which is great. Um, I get a lot of um, not necessarily feedback comments, but I get shares and 300 likes, say, on something. Um, but then again, I'm spending lots of money and I'm not sending, I'm not seeing turnaround as far as these 300 people who have liked my Facebook ad have actually bought something. So I tried Instagram. Same thing. You'll get likes, you get loves, you get comments. But just because somebody has, you know, 300 likes on something doesn't mean that any of it's being sold. And so you're spending all that money on marketing. Um, And it, for me, it personally isn't working.
0: I see. So when you see a shop that has, uh, you know, say 10,000 likes on one of their products, a lot of people believe that, you know, a lot of that is sales or converted to sales. But um, from your experience, that hasn't been true.
1: Not from my experience and maybe, um, maybe over time when I get a following, maybe over time when people get to know my shops better, I will. But, um, I find that word of mouth, um, I have repeat customers. Um, I find that those are the the places that I'm getting people back more. Um, I'm very good at, um, um, SEO, uh, Google Analytics stuff. My stuff shows up on Google when you search stuff. And I think that's mainly where my my, sh- my sales are coming from. And I don't pay for any of that.
0: Hey, if you'd like to show your support, uh, please visit TennesseeSweetTee.com or tennesseesweetp.com. And Tennessee T is spelled T-N-S-W-E-E-T-T-E-E.com. Or Tennessee Sweet P, which is T N S W E E T P E A dot com. Her Tennessee Sweet T site is geared towards children and adults, whereas the Tennessee Sweet P site is geared towards um, you know infants and toddlers. Uh, anyway, check them out if you'd like to show your support, and we truly appreciate your business. So I want to get back to the Excel spreadsheet. Um, do you put formulas and um, you know, how how detailed or how advanced is your Excel spreadsheet and can anybody do it?
1: Um, if you know, if, you, if I mean, if you know about formulas, you can because you got I mean, every every cell has a specific formula. So. Um, once I plug in some numbers, I have a final formula that probably has like, you know, it's it's going to take my final it's going to take the the how much I made that month. Minus twenty cents per an item I sold, so you got to have a formula for that. Uh, minus the eight percent, eighteen percent tax that uh, the government takes. Uh, minus the three point five percent transaction fee, so that's going to be another formula because that's going to have to be three point five percent of what you've what you've sold. You know, so yeah, there's quite a bit um, detailed in it. And I've corrected it and gone through it two or three times to make it exactly to what I need.
0: Do you track your time at all?
1: Um, I don't. I know just from experience, they, I have an hour why my kids are sleeping or whatever. I can go in there and knock out four or five shirts or onesies, and I count it as, getting it, you know, getting it ready for the cutter, cutting it or printing it, everything uh, that goes into it and packaging. So I figure if I'm doing, you know, four or five shirts in an hour, I'm making pretty darn good money per an hour.
0: So it's just a matter of scale. Then the more business you get, then the more money you're going to make, you know, how much you can make per hour.
1: Yeah. And even though I make really good money by the hour, it doesn't mean I'm working 40 hours a week, you know, to make that per an hour. As you know, some weeks I work 20, 25 hours. Some weeks I may work 40, 45 hours. And some weeks I may not get in the office except for one night a week and get it all out. So, and and sometimes it's not just making the stuff that you have to count as your hourly, too. You know, there a lot goes into designing. Um, there a lot goes into listing stuff. If you're listing on your own website or listing on Etsy, a lot, you got to have time for marketing. You got to have time to, um, to do all that. And I don't track, I don't really track all that right now um, just because I do it when I can. So, as a, you know, any person that has a home business probably tells you, you know, we work a lot harder and longer than a 40-hour job and get paid a lot less.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the trade-off is that um, one of your goals is to be able to spend time with your kids. So, um in a way, I mean, you've, you have, you know, success that way. I mean, you, you're able to pay your bills and you're able to stay at home with your kids and do the things you want to do. So, I mean, by definition, that's successful.
1: It's a good trade-off. Yeah. You know, I'm here for the summer when they're off and we can go do things. We could go to the library, we can go to the pool, you know, we can have friends over. Um, I, I grew up where, There were always people at my house. Um, My mom just had an open door policy. There were always kids there in and out of the house. Um, And that's the kind of house I want. And I kind of live in a neighborhood where the kids are, you know, we kind of have a village here raising our kids. And they just go from one house to the other. And I like that and um, that I'm able to do that. And, you know, who knows if I'll go back into the corporate world. I hope not. Um, I really enjoy what I do. just keep learning. Maybe I'll learn how to sew. Uh, maybe I'll learn how to do applique. Who knows what? Maybe I'll learn how to do wooden signs. But when you are creative, the the there's it's there's a there's not a limit to what you can do.
0: Have you considered doing any local shows?
1: Um, I have, and I've actually signed up for my very first one. Um, with Handmade Nashville. It's a local group here that I'm a part of and um, doing a show on Small Business Saturday in November here in Nashville. So it's my very first one. Um, I've been kind of hesitant to do it uh, just because um, of the kind of things I do. A lot of it is personalized. So that was a um, roadblock for me. Um, And I just couldn't get over the hump of having all this inventory. I don't like to have a lot of inventory. And and for shows, I'm going to have to have a lot of inventory as far as different sizes, um, narrowing down what I'm going to be focusing on for this particular show. You know, it's in November, so people are like, we'll do Christmas. Well, if I do a lot of Christmas stuff and it doesn't sell, then I have a lot of inventory, you know, and at the end of the year, I have to track that on my taxes. Plus, I have to have a place to store it. Plus, it's money that that spent that I'm not getting money back. So, um, I have a few months to prepare. Um, I'm excited but nervous at the same time. Um but yeah, I might be doing one in between there. I don't know. But it's been about two years since I've started my business and haven't done craft fairs. And my mom did craft fairs and I used to go with her all the time and I had a lot of fun. We'd sit and talk and talk to the customers and spend all day, you know, either inside or outside and um I remember that vividly about my mom um, as a teenager. And so, you know, I want my boys to be involved too. My oldest one, when I told him we were doing it, he was like, Oh, can I come and help you? And I was like, Sure. Yeah. You can come and help. You know, so he's, he wants to be involved in what I'm doing too. And it shows them that no matter, you know, just don't give up. And no matter what, you can, you can do things for yourself.
0: So persistence is the key.
1: Persistence is the key. There are times when I want to give up, um, but you just, you you can't. You got to keep going.
0: Knowing what you know now, uh, if you could go back to the start of your business, what would you do differently?
1: Um, I think the key to starting the business is to have the right tools in place. As I said, I, I tried to be, um, I would say cheap at the beginning, but I, I wasn't sure if this is what I wanted to do. I didn't want to invest a lot and then not be good at it. Um, and I think from the very beginning, you got to be, you got to get the right tools. You got to get the heat press. You got to get, you know, if you're, you know, no matter what you're doing, you're making jewelry or making signs or whatever you're doing, you want to, you want to invest in the tools that are, that are going to put out the best product. Because if you had the best product from the beginning, then you had, you're going to have a great reputation. Uh,
0: what are you focusing on now?
1: Right now I'm gearing up for the holidays. I know it sounds crazy, but. Um, I'm gearing up October and November are my biggest season. Um, Not necessarily Christmas, but Halloween and Thanksgiving. And so I was concentrating on some back to school stuff, but man, we start back to school in a week and a half. So I'm going to start working on my um, Halloween stuff. Um, I had something that was a huge seller last year and um, working on perfecting that again, you know, a little more new stylish, so my repeat customers will come back to me. Um, Kids' first Halloween stuff is a big hit. First Thanksgiving is a big hit. Um, So those are the things that I'm going to be concentrating on. And then when Christmas comes around, um, I discovered that, you know, one, people always want something for their teachers. Um, And last year for teacher appreciation, I did um, some new things, bags and aprons and things that people, teachers can keep that um, they can use year after year. And so, I'm going to really be pushing that at Christmas this time. Uh,
0: Your business is uh, very seasonal. Yes. What do you do during the off season? Uh, The summer months are really your downtime.
1: Summer months are very slow. Um, And as you mentioned, I'm a single mom with one income. So, you have to kind of plan the year out. And You know, you got to be in the business for at least a year to kind of even figure out what are your slow months, you know. My months pick back up February, March, and April. Easter is typically big for me. Valentine's is usually big for me. So you can see that it's it's holidays because people love to buy stuff for their kids for the holidays, especially for their girls. They want to buy cute little ruffled sleeve shirts for their girls. Um, So – I, being the person that I am, I wait to file my taxes till the very, very last day that you can possibly file them so that, um, any of the money that I'm getting back, I can kind of float through the summer with, um, while I'm still making a little bit of money. And then, you know, this summer was a little different cause I was with my boys, but it also gives me some downtime to kind of rethink what do I want to do for those upcoming holidays. Um. I could take a look at the markets and what are the colors for the fall that, I, you know, what are the animals for the woodlands are going to be really big this fall again, um, the color palettes for the fall, and just get ready for all all of those things. Because summertime, you know, people are on vacation, they're um, they're not really buying shirts um, unless it's somebody's birthday, really. Or, um, yeah, that's really kind of the only, sometimes 4th of July is really good, but um not enough to say, hey, July is a big, big hit. So, you got to use your downtime to prepare for the upcoming holidays, really.
0: Your designs, you don't use any copyrighted designs or anything like that. So, you try to come up with something new. Is it pretty much just uh, random, you know, whether it succeeds or not? Uh...
1: It's random. It is so random. So, a lot of my ideas come from, let's go back to my boys, you know, a lot of them, come back from things that they say or things that they do i just made two little toddler shirts because of this little kid my little one-year-old um i had a lot of gaming shirts um because of my nieces they they loved to game but there wasn't anything cute so i kind of take in what everybody around all the kids are doing what they're worth what they're into without using copyright um and sometimes I'll come up with an idea and I'll google it and it's already there. And that's very disheartening because I think, "Oh, I had this great idea and it's in my head and I think about it for a while and then I get online and it's already been out there." And then these days a lot of stuff is trademarked, so it's really or copyrighted just regular sayings. So that's hard too. I'm sure I have stuff that I don't even know that is is copyrighted as far as just um Sings like you can't use uh you are my sunshine which is a song um but it's not copyrighted by the people who wrote the song it's copied by somebody who had money and wanted to own it um so if you're i kind of it's hard because I, i really do go against what everybody else is doing because I feel like if you're going to make something, you need to make it your own. You could take what somebody else is doing and kind of make it into your own. But, um, you know, the big, um, big shirts that get a lot of, I can't even think of them right now, but maybe um, shirts that are really popular sayings. then you're going to go online and there's going to be 220 stores that are going to sell that shirt. And you may be on the fifth page. So you're not going to get noticed anyways. Does that make sense? You know, I just, I know that popularity sells. And some things I do kind of go, okay, I really like that thing. Let me, um, let me redo it. Like, for instance, I just made my son a shirt because he doesn't sleep. So his shirt says, I don't do sleep. Well, is that out there? I didn't see it, but I don't do naps. So you see, I kind of take a different, um, I kind of take it in a different direction sometimes.
0: In the business that you're in, uh, it seems like there's a uh, people copywriting every saying there is, just hoping that they can cash in on, um, you know, if it happens to be successful. Uh, how do you, you know, how do you find out about it, and um, you know what ends up happening?
1: Well, there is a site. Um, I mean, you can go on. Um, I don't really know the website but it's a trademark site that you can go on a copyright site I think it's copyright.gov to tell you the truth and just put in a saying and it'll tell you um, but a lot of things I find out because I'm members of a lot of um, Facebook boards so Facebook to me is my business and um, I don't just go on there to be social with my friends and family. I am a member of so many different groups, and that's what Facebook is so good for. Um, Etsy sellers, sellers who support each other, um, you know, and they somebody usually finds out about something and lists it, and that's kind of how I usually find out about it.
0: Have you ever had um, Etsy contact you and say that a design was copyright infringement?
1: Yes, but Etsy doesn't contact you. Um, the person will, and so even if they don't even own the copyright, Etsy doesn't. It, they send you a notice anyways, and they take it down. They don't really go. Oh, they don't really go to the person who's going to report you and say, okay, show us proof, and then we'll take it down. So, yeah, I um, started out with um, some Minecraft shirts, but it didn't have Minecraft on it at all. But because I used it in the tag, I had Jang who owned Minecraft at that time, come after. You know, say you can't use our name um so i took it i mean it was just in the tag so people would find it um i've had um the person who owns elf on the shelf because um i put elf and that one i i fought you know i i'm like i don't even it doesn't even say elf on the shelf it just says elf um knows what you're doing or something like that so i won that case um etsy agreed with me that i wasn't violating any kind of any kind of copyright infringement. Um, And sometimes you get people who don't even own copyright um, try to take your stuff down, and you just ask them. You're like, okay, then show me your copyright number. And a lot of times, if they're not true, they just kind of leave you alone. They just want to take down the competition.
0: So if somebody reports you on Etsy for copyright violation, um, Etsy will just take down the item automatically without doing any research or anything like that
1: right
0: wow that's that's uh tough to deal with
1: and people yeah and then they'll shut your shop down you know after so many hits now i haven't had anyone contact me in a year or so which is good because i really try to make sure that there is no copyright on there but then again you look on etsy and there's so much copyright so etsy doesn't go after people if they did they would lose so much business um it's it's the big businesses, and I will tell you, big businesses do go after you. You know, colleges, Disney, Minecraft, um, things like that. They they do watch, and they do have lawyers that go after uh, people on Etsy. The thing is, they just don't get everyone. They just randomly pick people.
0: I see. So they're taking a risk by having that stuff up there in the first place.
1: Very big risk, yes.
0: So with the copyright, um, you were saying that some of your listings got taken down because the tags had um, names to help people find the item, but the design had nothing to do with um, any kind of copyright infringement. So they remove they Correct. remove items that have um, the tag. So if you put the tag Disney in your item, then uh, they're going to get you.
1: And people may go, well, there's, the, you know, that's where I buy all my Disney stuff. There's Disney all over Etsy. There is. But those people are taking a risk because I personally know someone that had Disney contact them, lawyer contact them, you know, and it could have been a big mess. So it, it it's not a myth at all. I mean, this person got a certified letter from the Disney um, lawyers. They got a call from the Disney lawyers. They got an email from the Disney lawyers. So it's very real. You know, they don't go, I don't understand why they don't go on and, you know, Take everybody down. I don't know the rhyme and reason of who they choose and who they don't, um, but it's not a myth.
0: So uh, being that you stay away from that type of stuff, uh, it's got to be a lot more difficult to um, get your listings um, noticed and marketed. Is that correct?
1: It is. You know, it, it's, it's challenging because you see people making tons of money of copyright stuff, and that's great, and that's awesome, and you're over here struggling to come up with new ideas, um, trying to do things the right way, Try, you know, some people don't file taxes on that stuff, you know, Um, and so it's just life, you know, life isn't fair. Um,
0: But it's a risk, so they're taking the risk.
1: It's a risk, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to take a risk and lose my house and lose everything that I've worked for because I decide to do something with Mickey Mouse ears.
0: Do you have any advice for listeners?
1: Uh, I think that, um, you know, people that are that are going to be listening to your podcast are people that um, are either, I think it's people who want to secede, be it Etsy or Shopify or their own personal website. And I think that there's so many people out there that say, you know what, I'm just going to start making jewelry or I'm just going to start making shirts and signs. And they think it's easy and it's not. I mean, I had a friend come over just today for coffee and, you know, she's been a stay at home mom for two weeks and she's already struggling. She's like, I don't know how, you you know, I don't know how to balance the kid with, and how to make extra money. What can, you know, what can I do? And she was asking advice. Um, You have to be very committed to whatever you're doing. Um, You can't have a business that you're only going to work at an hour or two. So you got to have, you got to have time, you got to have commitment, um, you got to have a balance. So having a routine um, with your kids is probably the best thing, even if you don't have kids. I mean, if I didn't have kids, I may sleep all day, you know, you got to go, okay, nope, I'm going to get up at eight o'clock. And I found that if I get up and get dressed, I get more done than staying in my pajamas all day. Um... So if I get up and have my coffee and actually get dressed, then I feel like I'm awake enough to get the things done that I need to do. Um, we have a routine at home. Um, I, you know, during the summertime, I, during my youngest son's second nap, my oldest son, even though he's nine, he had to take a nap or he had to read, but he was not allowed to come into that office with me unless he was bleeding. So it was, I knew that, at two o'clock, I would have at least an hour to an hour and a half, no interruptions whatsoever to get what I needed done. And so you just got to have certain rules into place. And it's harder. You know, I know there's people out there with babies and they're baby wearing, or, you know, they got a two year old and a baby at home and they're still working at home. But, I'm, but you got to have a schedule, you got to have a routine. Um, kids need that, anyways. And if you don't, you don't know what's coming next. And you look at your, you look at your orders, and all of a sudden, and it just happened to me. We get busy with the summer, and I look at my orders. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got 17 orders that are due tomorrow. You know, I wasn't paying attention to what, I, what was going on in my shop. Um, I think that, um, customer service. You know, for all the listeners that are, that are new, I see a lot of bad customer service on the boards that i was talking about you know and i think that customer service is what keeps people coming back and it's what's going to keep people buying handmade because it's much probably easier to go to one of these walmarts or targets and get what you need you know so i think customer service um, starting out just being nice um i'm not saying the customers always right because there are times when my customers order stuff and they're like this is not what I thought it was. And I'm like, sorry, it's in the description. You know, this is this is what you ordered. Um, you do have to stand up for yourself. Um, but I think that you can talk to your customers with with politeness, no matter how they treat you.
0: Now, one thing that you practice is that you're very firm with your policies.
1: Yes. You know, one, handmade items, it takes time. And even if they're not customized, I took time out of my day, out of my kid's day, I, you know, I look at it as, I mean, I may have been working on the order at one o'clock in the morning, you know. I took time out of my day to give them what they ordered, what they needed. And I've had a few come back and go, oh, this isn't what I, I was ordering. I had someone upset because the apron they ordered for their grandmother didn't fit. The measurements are right there in the description, you know. Right there for them to read, and an apron isn't going to fit everybody. You know, if your if your grandma's a big, heavy person, a normal size apron is not going to fit you. And I'm not trying to be rude at all. I'm just saying there are there's 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 measurements in there. I try to put as much information in there as possible, um, so people have all the information they need. And I'm strict at that. Um, if I make a mistake, though, I am own it, and I have made mistakes, and that's what I was talking about earlier. That I have learned I cannot work when I'm exhausted because there was a time a couple of weeks ago I messed up shirts I sent the wrong thing and I corrected that I own it I lost money on it but that was my mistake um, you know people say oh the shirt didn't fit but again I put in there these are the measurements you know I'll say hey especially on women's shirts I'll say this runs small I typically wear a you know I typically wear this size but I can wear X size in this particular shirt. So people can kind of can get that feedback from me. That's more personalized. So I don't have a lot of bad customers to tell you the truth. I don't have a lot of people that come back at the beginning I did. And I think that's how you learn, okay, this is what a customer needs. They need to know you have to explain it to them. Like they're, they're five-year-old. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, my cousin Vinny, but it's one of my favorite sayings. You know, you explain it to me. Like, I'm a five year old, and that's kind of how you have to make your listings. You have to explain everything to detail.
0: That definitely makes sense. Uh, if someone wants to reach out to you uh, to check out your business, uh, how can they find you?
1: Yeah, I have two. Um, I have two websites. Um, if you're adult, uh, you need something for your dad, your mom, just for you to work out in, you have a teen that loves gaming. I have tons of my gaming shirts, are really, really popular, especially with the girls. Um, they can reach me at my Tennessee Sweet T page, and that is www.tnsweettea, sweet as in tee not um, t as in tea drink, but t e as in t shirt com. And then um, my little ones, um, we I went with the same kind of branding, and it's Tennessee Sweet P, so it's tn uh, sweet p as in pea um, for our little ones. So you can reach me both there. Um, And I typically, you know, I I deal with customers every day communicating with me. Um, I always have my phone with me so that I can at least, you know, reply quickly. Um, Just the other day, I had someone uh, needing something, and I emailed them back quickly and said, Hi, I got your message. Just wanted to let you know. Um, I'll be able to give you more. I'll be able to respond tonight with more customization. So that they know, hey, they're not sitting in an inbox for 10 hours. Um, and they were very grateful for that. They're like, Oh, thanks. You know, they understood I, I was busy, but I let them know, Hey, tonight expect an email from me and I'll get all the details to you that you need.
0: Well, Shannon, thank you for being on chat with crafters. Thank you, Charles. You've reached the end of this episode of chat with crafters. More episodes are coming soon to stay updated with each release. Subscribe on iTunes. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating and review. Thanks for tuning in to Chat with Crafters. See you next time.